0: Hey friends, welcome back to the Passion and Purpose podcast. I'm so glad that you're joining us for this conversation with Lauren and Tony Dungy. Tony Dungy is a legendary NFL coach and New York Times best-selling author. And his wife Lauren is a sought after author, speaker, and mom to 11 kids. They're such a special couple. And in this episode, we talk about utilizing your influence, raising a family, and living in a way that glorifies God. I'm so grateful to have them on the podcast. So welcome to my conversation with Tony and Lauren Dungy. Hi, welcome to the Passion and Purpose podcast with me, your host, Louie Giglio. And I could not be more honored today to have Lauren and Tony Dungy on the podcast. And people, this is something that we've been dreaming about for a long time. It's a pleasure to meet you guys. Thanks for coming and joining me on the podcast today.
1: Thanks for having us.
0: Yeah,
2: we've been excited too. Thank you.
0: Um, I think that uh, Lauren and Tony probably need no introduction to our audience, but um, I just want to say thank you for being amazing people. Your influence, both the impact that you've had on speaking about and writing about marriage and about family, um, all the things that you do for the community and obviously uh, Coach dungie is a legendary uh, NFL coach who has um, won Super Bowls and done extraordinary things leading men all across the league, but also leading men in general. So there's so much to talk about, but you guys have a brand new book that's just released called Uncommon Influence. And so I want to hear about the book and I want to hear about what inspired it.
1: Well, I'll tell you a little bit about the book to get you excited. Um, it was written, co-authored by uh, us to encourage people, to give people hope. We realized that many people are given a platform of influence, and we wanted to share how you could use that influence in your home, in your community, your workplace. And God gives us these opportunities to um, impact the lives of others and hopefully, prayerfully, it's in a positive way, a positive influence. So we tell stories, we share our life experiences and give practical tips on how to do that.
0: That sounds exciting. What about the, what about influence uh, from the perspective of this book is uncommon? What what are we looking for when we're looking for uncommon influence?
2: Well, I think what we're trying to get across to people, Louie, people often think, well, if I was an NFL coach or if I was a pastor of a large church, then I could have some influence. But no, God places us in positions where we influence people every single day. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lauren influences eight kids at home every single day. Uh, she influences people that she meets in the neighborhood with her run group. Um, I influence people that that I meet uh, at the studio. And it may not be in this big capacity, but we do influence. And that's what we want to get across to people. So use that uh, for God's purposes.
0: I think sometimes uh, people, uh, including myself, we have our focus on us. And we can't uh, see the people around us who also are looking to us because we're so concerned about ourselves and maybe how we're coming across. And I think it would surprise people that every single person listening to us right now has someone who's looking to them as an example, somebody who's looking to them for leadership or for advice. And a lot of times we don't notice that person because we're so preoccupied with ourselves. Talk about how we can get the focus off of ourselves, because both of you are giving your lives away at an extraordinary level, not only uh, in your own home with uh, bringing um, kids into your home, but through your work with the foundation, through um, your influence through books. But um, talk about how people can get their eyes off themselves to see the opportunity that's right around them to influence other people.
2: I think so much of that, Louis, is praying uh, that you will see the the opportunities God puts in front of you, and you will have your eyes open, and you will be looking for others. Uh, one of the stories that Lauren and I just love that resonates with us is uh, when the disciples are talking to, with Jesus, and they're arguing about who is going to be the greatest, and who's going to be the yeah. lieutenant in the army. <laughs> and it says, well, you know, in the world, yes, it is that person who rises to the top, who steps over people, who, who climbs the, the ladder. But in my kingdom, it's different. In my kingdom, it's the people who serve. It's the people who help others. And when you think of it that way and you say, this is Jesus saying that that really should be our goal to help other people, that lets you see uh, a lot of ways that you can, you can help the kingdom.
1: And if you bind to that mindset, which is, of course, biblically uh, sound, then uh, it will come naturally to you to take the focus off of yourself and focus on others, serving others as Jesus did. That was his whole ministry. He wasn't focused on himself. He was reaching out to other people constantly. And God gives us those opportunities every day. We have to be intentional about it. Or we'll miss those opportunities. They'll go right by us. But if we are intentional about focusing on servanthood and serving others, then it becomes easier and easier and more natural. And then you just do it. And that that way you're taking the focus off of yourself.
0: Coach, I want to ask you, because you obviously have um, been a leader of leaders, especially in the National Football League. Um, your track record as a coach and a leader uh, um, is a pioneer, actually, is really legendary. That's, a, that's the appropriate use of that word. But it's also, um, you know, it's a dog-eat-dog world in the NFL, and one guy's better than the other, one guy's faster than the other, and the faster guy gets the, the job, the slower guy gets cut. And so it's a tough space to uh, transfer kingdom values of things like humility and servanthood. And how, how, do you, how do you merge those two worlds together of, you know, being the, the, the least among you will be the greatest among you, but yet you've lived in and you comment on, um, you know, a pretty, a pretty tough standard of competition?
2: Yeah, you, you do have to keep in mind that God is the God of everywhere. And you can think, well, yeah, God's God, but not not in this locker room, not in the National Football League, but he is. He's God everywhere. And so those principles still are going to work, even if people don't think they are. And that was a, a blessing to me. I saw that. I saw it played out when I was a young player with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, I became a coach in 1981. I was 25 years old. And I didn't know what I was doing. So I asked my coach, Chuck Noll, what am I supposed to do? And he told me something, Louie, I never forgot. He said, your only job, I'm hiring you to help your players be better. Wow. I said, wow. And immediately the light bulb went on for me. That's why Coach Noel is so good, because he was there to help us. And that for 28 years, that became my goal, just to help my players. And if you look at it that way, that's what God wants us to do.
0: I met John Maxwell a few uh, months ago. I actually hadn't met him in my whole life, and everybody knows John Maxwell from all of the leadership books that he's written. I think he has his own section in the airport of John Maxwell leadership books. But uh, I I don't ever do this, but I walked up to him and I said, "Uh, if you don't mind, can I just ask you a question? I said, what's the first thing you think about when you wake up in the morning? And he said, well, Louie, I get up and I get my coffee and I go in my study and I read my Bible. And then I I say and ask myself, what can I do today to add value to someone else's life? He said, that's the first thing I think about every single morning. And I was like, wow, no wonder your influence is so wide. The Bible says the world of the generous gets larger and larger and the world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. So what's one thing in the book that we you can just give us a little tease? Because I want to read it, and I want everyone else to read it. But give us one of the stories or one of the principles in there that um, is one of your favorites.
2: Well, for me, I'd have to say it is that idea that you are going to influence people no matter where you are, and use your influence for the Lord. I tell a story about one of the most influential people in my life growing up, and it was the neighborhood barber. Wow. I was <laughs> going there every Friday and say, Mr. Hampton, make me look good. We got a big game. We're <laughs> going to have a make me look good. He would cut my hair. He'd ask about the game and what we're doing, but he'd always say, what's going on in your life? How are you doing in school? What did you learn in church this week? Well, Mr. Hampton, I really didn't go to church or I didn't pay attention. And, you know, he used his position as the barber, his job. To share the Lord and so that just tells you you can do it anywhere
0: you have chosen to open your home to a lot of uh, a lot of children I'm not sure I've got the exact number right now but I know your house is full I think you said eight uh, kids are in your house right now and you have had a big passion for foster care and for adoption and tell us how that emerged and how how do you keep that fire burning because that's a massive calling Uh, with a lot of highs and lows along the way. And how have you guys uh, stayed focused and passionate in that lane?
1: Well, many years ago, uh, we were attending church and a woman spoke about the importance of having families that would open their home to children that were in crisis and needed a safe place to live. And we heard that message and we felt that God was speaking to us. So we completed uh, the paperwork, and we did the uh, the required uh, training. training that was um, necessary to understand you know just how it worked and to understand that these children were coming wounded, broken, and they needed support, and they needed to be placed somewhere where they would be safe and they would feel loved. And so we started that probably about 30 years ago and maybe more than that, 35 years. And we decided at that time that we wouldn't turn away children. We wouldn't be so particular that had to be the perfect child, had to be two years of age or, you know, we felt that God would bring children into our lives that really needed uh, the support. So we started opening our home to children and over the year we probably had Uh, over 100 kids come through our house. And so now currently we have our eight children living at home with us and we have some adult children outside of the home and then we have three foster children, three boys that are living with us. And it is a blessing. It is amazing how much they've shown us We've learned the value of being patient and being understanding and just giving them the basic essential things that we take for granted that they don't have.
0: And how uh, you guys have written a book on marriage together. And so you've got eight kids in your house. How do you keep your relationship strong when you've got all these other people that you're looking after at the same time?
1: Well, as you can imagine, there's a lot going on, a lot of activity, a lot of energy, a lot of personalities coming together. We have to be Christ-centered. We have to focus our lives on Jesus Christ and what he wants us to do. So each morning, we begin our day in prayer, just sitting before the Lord, hearing from him, meditating on his word, giving wisdom. And, you know, there are times we're asking questions. Why, God? Why did you give us so many kids? We had one day where we had three children within one hour that came into our home. And we weren't sure, but because we had prayed about it and God said, you know, I will equip you. I will make it possible for you to minister to these children and help take care of them. So it's just hearing from him, getting direction and getting that daily fix, if you will, so that we can start our day on the right foot. And we know that we're uh, being led by God and not by our own desires and our own ones.
2: Yeah. And, and you're so right. I mean, it, it's very easy to have a lot of things come into your life, work, job, neighborhood things, kids. Uh, but we kind of look at Jesus as being the lighthouse. And if you keep your eye on the lighthouse and you're mm-hmm. going in that direction, then, then you're going to be fine. And you start looking around at the, all the the, the C, uh, you don't know where you're going to end up.
0: What do you think is keeping most people from using the influence they have in a positive way? What are some of the hurdles you think for the average person that are causing them to not either see the opportunity or take advantage of the opportunity in a positive way?
2: I think many of us don't realize exactly the influence we have. And we we don't think that God has given us a a platform to lead, and He really has. So we we kind of ignore it. And then secondly, we get caught up in chasing the wrong things. Uh, My mother's favorite verse in the Bible is, what would it profit a man to gain the whole world but forfeit a soul? Often, we're so much looking at what I can get. I, I need to do this. I need to do that. I need to be here. I've got to get this promotion. I've got to do this. And we don't focus on what does God really want us to do.
1: And I also think that we are often waiting for the right time to do this. And so we're doing other things. And I'll do this when I'm settled, when I'm established, when the kids are out of the house, when I'm not uh, working such a demanding job, that perfect scenario will never happen. So You have to understand that you have your influence to use right now. And God is calling you to trust Him, have faith in Him, and He'll provide the way. And it, it's just amazing if you trust God that He will make it happen and, and you will be uh, able to influence so many people. Where. I, lo- I love the fact that, you know, we have little ones at have, we have little ones and big ones and the smaller children are starting to use their influence wow. when we travel and they see homeless people or people that are struggling and they're out on the corners. The kids will say, mom, you know, pull over. I have a dollar in my purse. Can I give it to him? Or I, I we've got water in the back seat. Can we give it to them? Because they're trying to help. They're trying to, even in their small way, um, they're trying to help someone else.
0: Lauren, you're the vice president of the family foundation, the Dungy Family Foundation. And I'm guessing a lot of opportunities come across your desk every single day, every week. And a lot of opportunities in general are coming across your lives every single day. How do, how have you two learned together to know which of the opportunities is God's opportunity for you for that moment, because I'm, I'm guessing you say no more than you say yes. And so, how do you how do you know and have confidence in the in the things you're supposed to say yes to?
1: You are so right. There are many many opportunities, requests for speaking and just appearing at schools and events in the community. But Tony and I pray about every opportunity and will it help? the organization? Will we be able to support them by appearing there? And um, our heart is with children. We have a passion for helping children in need. And so a lot of requests that we say yes to are the schools, the Title I schools in the community. And it's going in, reading to them, um, volunteering, tutoring, just supporting them. But every request is prayed over because it may not be one that we would do, but we feel that God will let us know if that's the door that we should you know, walk through and entertain, or if it's one that we should pass on. But we're busy and it just it's overwhelming, but we love the, the request because we know that we're pouring, we're investing in these children and they need our support. But it, it is Prayer is probably the, the, the way that we're able to navigate through the high number of requests that we get.
2: One thing that's helped me over the years, a good friend of ours who's the chaplain of the Minnesota Vikings, he shared with me several years ago, and Lauren, hey, three things to consider. Number one, will it please the Lord, mm-hmm. which a lot of these requests will. Number two, is it something you're passionate about? Right. And then number three, he said, is there something that you would bring specifically to the table that other people can't bring? If all three of those are present, then God may be calling you to do it. If someone else can do it just as well, he's probably going to direct you someplace else. And that, that really helped me.
0: That's such great advice. I'm so glad you shared that. I know a lot of people are taking notes on that right this minute. I want to ask you, uh, Coach Dungey, about managing stress. Um, This is probably the most stressed people have ever been in in the recent history of our nation. There's so much pressure on people right now from every single angle. But you know know pressure. You know what it's like to have 15 seconds to make a decision and make a call. Um, When I think about stressful jobs, I think about the job you had for uh, a long time, but, or maybe I'll just ask you: What's more stressful, making the call on the field, or knowing that you have uh, a very short soundbite coming out where you've got to make a a valuation about what you just saw happen in a football game? Do you find it was easier actually making the calls and being on the field, or do you find it more stressful being in the in the studio commenting on what happened?
2: The the TV booth is much more stressful to me because I feel like I'm not as prepared. I I felt like I knew what I was doing. And uh, Coach Noel used to say that when I played for him. He'd say, pressure is what you feel when you don't know what to do. So that's what I always pray for. Lord, give me that wisdom. Give me the the guidance so I know what I'm doing. Uh, But. I think we have to really turn things over to the Lord. We really do. That, that's the biggest stress reliever we can have. If we're trying to do it in our own strength, our own wisdom, uh, it's always going to be hard.
0: Right, Lauren, what is your thinking on that? I mean, you, you see uh, life from a different angle. How, how do you manage the pressure um, and, and the stress that is coming through all the responsibilities that you have?
1: Their day-to-day activities can bring about a lot of stress and challenges. But now I think back to the Bible when it talks about consider pure joy when you have these challenges and when you have these um, problems that you have to overcome because it does bring you closer to the Lord. And um, he's going to help them. He's going to direct my path. So I don't let it bother me. And I've really developed the attitude that God's got this. And he's going to help me. He's going to help me manage it. I don't need to get stressed out because God tells us to cast our burdens on him. So I'm not going to walk around with all that stress and pain because God is going to take it for me.
0: One of the things that I'm being impacted by in this interview is um, the big profile that both of you have and yet the simplicity of the principles that guide your life every single day. Um, you have such a big world, but you're, you're grounded in the most basic, Mm -hmm. principles of all. And it's not complicated what God has asked us to do. Cast your cares on me because I care for you. Oh, that's right. That's how we handle stress. Yes, I should have (laughs) thought of that before I asked the question. And it feels like you guys are living in the present. That's what I'm sensing. Do you feel that your your strength comes from being in the present and not projecting out into tomorrow, the next day, the next week, or trying to go back into the past and 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 live some some other part of life do you feel like that's part of the secret for you
2: absolutely and i think that comes from maybe my football training we were always taught to take it one game at mm-hmm. a time don't worry about five games from now don't worry hey, we're going to play this undefeated team a month from now no just just look at this game what do we have to do today to get better and be ourselves
1: and i think that's where we try to approach it with our family and our life and we have uh, bought into the biblical principle that we aren't to be anxious about anything. And, I, and there's a tendency to worry about what if this, what if that, and we're into next week, next month, next year, and we haven't even gotten through the day. But if we believe and understand that God is in control and that he's going to take care of all the challenges and problems, and he knew about this in advance before it was brought to our attention, then we have peace about that and we're able to we know that there may, there may be some challenges in that day and we may not handle them correctly but we know that God is going to be by our side he's going to help us and he's going to get us through that challenge so that's the peace that i have just knowing that um, god is with me and he knew about all of these challenges
0: so the book is called "Uncommon Influence" by Lauren and Tony Dungy, and I highly recommend it. You can get a hold of it anywhere uh, books are sold. Obviously, once uh, one last takeaway from the book that you want to leave with us today. I think the big takeaway for us is, you know, what
2: is God speaking to you about? Trying to hear His voice. Uh, there are a lot of voices that are going to come to us throughout the day, throughout the week, throughout the year. We've got to tune into God's voice, and that's going to give us great direction. Beautiful. And
1: we have voices, many decisions to make in our lives. So are we going to do things that are going to better ourselves? Or are we going to do things that are going to influence and impact other people's lives?
0: Well, you are making the right choice because your lives are touching so many people, and mine included. And I've looked up to both of you for a long time, and it's a real honor to have a chance to actually be with you today. Thanks for being a part of the Passion and Purpose podcast, a podcast that has been named after you guys, because if anyone's (laughs) got passion and purpose, it's the Dungies. And God bless you. Pray the book uh, goes faster, further, uh, has more influence and impact than you could even dream or ask or imagine, because we serve a God who is the God of the immeasurably more. And so we just want to speak that over this message today because God created every one of us uh, with a purpose in mind, with a destiny in mind. And I know you're going to help a lot of people find that destiny and pursue it in a greater way. So thanks for being generous with your time today and being a part of the Passion and Purpose podcast. I'm grateful. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of Passion and Purpose. How encouraging are the Dungies, right? I'm grateful for how they live their lives to bless others and glorify God. Make sure you grab a copy of their newest book, Uncommon Influence. It's available everywhere now. And if you like this episode, I'd be honored if you'd subscribe, leave a review, and share it with a friend. Thanks for listening to the Passion and Purpose podcast.